International headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's a joy to welcome you today. It's the midweek. It's Wednesday. And of course, come the midweek, we always like to encourage you to be in church and find a good church that's open on Wednesday night and get in and take advantage of everything that they have going on and be a part of it. And you'll be blessed and your family will be blessed if you'll do that consistently through the months, through the years, just do it. And I promise you, you're going to say, I gave you good advice. Now, we've looked at the very last chapter kind of as the key around which we've built, and uh, the ninth verse of that 16th chapter says that a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. So he's talking about opportunities. He's also talking about opposition. And as he does that, we have to look at the various things that are involved here. So we've looked at 1 Corinthians. It's a book of problems. It's a book of personalities. Yet it's a book of principles and precautions and promises. Well, today I want us to focus on the famous chapter. I mean, one of the best-known chapters in the New Testament is 1 Corinthians 15. And that's why I will say also that 1 Corinthians is a book of prospects. It is a book of prospects. We are prospecting here in the sense that we're thinking about the future. What is your future going to hold? And this 1 Corinthians 15 has an amazing amount of things that really, really affect all of us, that impact all of us. If you are saved, you're born again, you're a Christian, then you're going to heaven one day. But if you're not saved, and if you do not get saved, then uh, heaven is not going to be your final home. But instead, there's a place called hell. It's a very real place, and it's a place where the unsaved will ultimately be. Now, I'm just asking the question, what about your future? Where are you headed, and what are you going to do if I lay this all out for you so that you can see it clearly? We're talking about what our prospects are for the future. Well, if you look at verse 11 and following, it tells us some of the dynamics in regard to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This chapter is famously known as the resurrection chapter, and here's what it tells us about the necessity for Christ's resurrection as it will also impact our own resurrection ultimately. Verse 12 says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how some say among you there is no resurrection of the dead. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep, talking about people that have died, in Christ are perished. So folks, What this tells us, the dynamics involved here, the necessity of the resurrection of Christ, whenever we look at it historically, we know it's a fact 
in uh, the realms of history. And at the same time, we have to understand that that was one of God's appointed times that really impacts every single one of us. And our future is at stake based on the resurrection. In fact, if you look carefully at verses 12 through 19, you'll see here that the word if is used seven different times. And it's not all the time suggesting maybe that we don't know something. No, it's saying if this is not true, if this is not right, if we don't have this to bank on, and it's just letting us know how absolutely vital, how important all of this is. Now, look at verse 19 in the chapter, 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 19 says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Now, that simply tells me that uh, whenever you live and live your life, your life will not be done just because your body dies. Your body will someday collapse in death. That is an inevitable thing. The only thing that could spare you from that would be if the Lord Jesus were to come back again before you die. Now, we'll talk about that in a minute, too. But let me just say to you that the importance of us understanding that it's more than just this life. You're not going to be done when death comes. There is life after death. You will be alive the morning after that your body is dead. And that is just simply the facts of the matter. Now, here's the deal. This house that we live in called the human body, and it is just the house we live in. One of these days, that house will be wore out and we will, instead of having that house to live in, we'll move on out into eternity. Now, the body's going to be placed in the ground somewhere, in all likelihood. And as that occasion comes for the sounding of the trumpet and the Lord Jesus coming back, that body will be resurrected. We'll see some more about that here momentarily. But I just want you to see and understand that the hope that we have in Christ— the message about the resurrection of Christ, the gospel message, all of that, it's not just about today, but it's about the ultimate tomorrows. It's about what will be in the long-term eternal future. And that is something every one of us needs to grab hold of and do what we should do, and that's receive the Savior as our own personal Savior. So let's look further now. In verse 22 and following, we hear some things about Christ's ultimate triumph when it says, As in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ of the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ that is coming. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule, all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So here we have the story. The Lord Jesus is going to be the ultimate victor. I mean, we have people running around up and down the streets these days acting like they own the world, acting like they own eternity. And I'm telling you, ultimately, the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Christ is Lord. And that's the fact of the matter. But some of those who are going to bow the knee, they're going to do it way, way too late. In fact, uh, the Bible tells us in Revelation that some are going to be praying aloud, and they're going to be praying that the rocks and the mountains will cover them and hide them from the face of him who is coming. So it is a very, very vital, very important matter that we look at here. Christ, 
will ultimately triumph over sin, over everything that is wrong. He'll triumph over every act of Satan and over Satan himself, and he actually is going to be the ultimate victor. Now, we come down further to verse number 49, and we begin to see some other things here. We're talking about the prospect for the future. What is ultimately going to take place? Verse 49 says, As we have borne the image of the earthly, so also we shall bear the image of the heavenly. Now, the image of the earthly, it's just talking about the fact that we live in this human body. This human body has uh, all kinds of vulnerabilities. Uh, We face death, we face disease, we face sorrow, we face hurt, we face heartache, all of that. That is the way living in this sin-cursed world, living in this world that is bucking in rebellion against God, that's the way things are here. But the Bible says that there will be a day coming when all of that will be passed. There'll be no more death, there'll be no more sorrow, there'll be no more hurt and heartache because the Lord Jesus will have triumphed over all of that and he by his own authority will establish things so that we will not have to do that. And so instead of the image of the earthly, we will instead be bearing the image of the heavenly. We will have all of the benefits, all of the privileges of heaven. We will have, in every sense of the word, a perfectly new image in terms of our life, our lifestyle, who we are, what we're about. I mean, that is just absolutely a precious, precious thing. And he goes on to say, verse 50 and 51, I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, again, talking about death, but we shall all be changed. And that means no longer the earthly, but the heavenly. And what a prospect that is. What a wonderful, wonderful provision for the future. Now, if you look at verse 51, it says, In a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, what's that about? That's about the coming rapture. I hear people once in a while say if they don't even believe in the rapture, well, they need to read their Bible because it really lays it out pretty clearly. And there's no reason in the world why we should not be looking with great anticipation to the coming of the Lord Jesus. This passage goes on to say at that time, at that moment, this corruptible, talking about our human body, will put on incorruption and this mortal will put on immortality. That means that our mortal bodies will be given that which will enable us to live forever. Whenever the Bible talks about everlasting life, it's not talking about something that just goes until your body dies. No, when it says everlasting, it's talking about immortality. That simply means that you are saved, you're in the family of God, and that's going to endure way, way beyond this life. It's going to endure beyond the pale of death. And it's going to go instead all the way out into eternity and to the absolute eons that eternity is. So we have all of that in prospect, all of that in the coming future. Now, one more thing here that we notice. The Bible talks about in verse 55, it says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And it's just reminding us about the demise of death. Revelation 21, I reference again, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. All of that is past at this point in time because of the Lord's ultimate triumph. 
because the Lord's resurrection set all of this in motion so that we too could be resurrected, so that we too could have life in heaven, so that we too could have an eternity with God, so that we too would not just be uh, living and dying and nothing more. And so whenever we see all of this unfolding, let me just remind you, when the Word of God tells us in verse 26 that the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, well, death is going to be set aside. It's going to be given its final orders, and it will be done. And the result of that is that you and I do have an eternity with the Lord. In fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17 says, And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That simply tells the story right there. And it goes on to say in verse 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So, what are our prospects? Well, this great chapter tells us something about the future and what we may anticipate simply because of the fact of the resurrection of Christ and the promise of our own resurrection whenever the trumpet sounds. And you know, 1 Thessalonians 4 lays it out. The Lord himself shall come, the dead in Christ will rise first, and then those that are alive on the earth will be caught up right immediately behind them. And that is the story of the coming rapture. And it's something we all ought to anticipate, we ought to be excited about. And if you're saved, you can be excited about that. If not, you need to come to the Lord and trust him and receive him for salvation. Well, folks, it's been a joy to be along here today, and I trust you'll join me again tomorrow as we get together here once again, and it will be a blessing to have you along every single day. I love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to write me a note. Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, listen, we'll be back here again tomorrow, so please plan to join us. Until then, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.